Ladies and gentlemen, in the red corner, hailing from the state of Nevada, representing the steam and wise guys, it's the always feared Vegas Odds Maker! And in the blue corner, the crowd favorite from South Florida, Mark Winning Picks Lawrence! Hi, everybody. This is Mark Lawrence along with Victor King, and we're all set to go against the spread on this week's College and NFL football cards. And what a show we've got on tap for you today. Filled with winning information on both sides of the football. And we'll be visiting with our good friend Andy Isco to get the Vegas vibe in Vegas. Andy will also be sharing with you starting this week the advanced lines that you'll want to know coming out of Vegas for next week's games and for the advanced signs that were posted in the summer. So stay tuned. A lot of information on the show this week. And with that, let's kick it off with our opening segment here. Victor, I'm going to welcome you to the show. And I got to say this, Victor, I saw your totals tip sheet this week, and I, I liked a lot of what I read in the totals tip sheet. Thank you. Thank you uh, very much, Mark. Uh, a pretty good weekend overall. I do see that Mark's late phone game day service went 4-2 and two in college football in the NFL. And we'll definitely take that. And, of course, we want to thank all who joined uh, our uh, total service for a nice 2-0 day on Sunday. We did hit that four-star over of the week, which was in the Cleveland Browns-New England Patriots game. That game ended up uh, covering the the, uh, OU line by about 10 points. And then we came back strong in the late afternoon kickoffs with our under-of-the-day winner in the Seattle-Arizona game. A lot of the squares out there wanted to get a piece of Seahawk overs for what they did the previous few weeks. We told you that in these division games, particularly when playing in Seattle, had been very good underplays, and that one brought home the bacon for us as well. So a a nice Sunday for us in the NFL. And, you know, Mark, we're getting into that busiest time of the season. We call it October overlap where all of the major sports are taking place at the same time. Of course, the Major League Baseball playoffs are finally in the League Championship Series rounds. And we've got the National Hockey League that started a couple of days ago. The NBA started last season. We're going strong in week six or seven in college football and the NFL. It is a busy time for the sports better out there as well. And there's plenty of choices for that sports betting dollar, too. Victor, wait till the World Cup soccer tournament begins in a couple of weeks. It's going to be, there won't be a sport out there that you will not be able to bet on. It's unbelievable. (laughs) The cross-section of all sports that goes on right now at this time of the year. It keeps us up at night, late at night, but we certainly love staying up late at night with all the sports action taking place these days. Victor, let's take a look at college football last week. And uh, I noticed uh, when I was perusing through the midweek alert, which by the way, has been on fire at this football season. I'll let Victor tell you about that in just a moment or so. But inside the midweek alert, I gleaned out the fact that we now have not only a total of nine undefeated college football teams left on the FBS side of things, but also when you look inside the stats at these college football teams and their body of work this year, you'll find nine teams that have won the yards in every one of their football games this year. Uh, One of them, interestingly, we're going to talk about on our featured college football game of the week here today. We've got a marquee game you're going to really want to know a lot about. And with that, Victor, uh, I'm going to also say that uh, there is another factor going on in college football. I read uh, on a website here, I believe it might have been SI.com, I'm not sure, but they call it the Toasty Buns portion of the college football season or the segment. And that's the college football coaches that are sitting on hot seats right now and they're getting toastier and toastier. There have been five FBS coaches that have been fired already. I'm going to ask you put you on the spot right now, Victor. Who will be number six? Mark, there is definitely some college football coaches that are on the hot seat. Obviously, the first choice would be somebody that we talked about a couple of weeks ago, and that would be Brian Harson of Auburn. He's probably definitely number one, but I would also just suggest perhaps uh, Pat Fitzgerald from Northwestern. Uh, under the radar a little bit, perhaps even Will Healy at Charlotte. But uh, Fitzgerald or Harson, those are easily the top two for me, Mark. How about a, a wild card here, Victor? How about Kirk Ferentz from Iowa? I mean, 
you know, I don't know. I know right now the football program looks like it's going to go bowling, but they're 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 it's it's like watching a boil develop, and you're having to sit there and watch it in pain and doing all that. And I know he's taking a lot of flack. And in fact, uh, there was a line that we used in our playbook newsletter this week about uh, uh, his offense and how it uh, it basically it's like watching uh, a dial-up internet from the 1990s. <laughs> Uh, so obviously we talked about him before, so I'm just going to throw him on the, another log in the pile, mention him again, as long as he's there. And we're talking about coaches on the hot seat, if you don't mind. Sure thing, Mark, you know, week seven was a fantastic week last week. It was arguably the most entertaining Saturday to date. And it provided a really good exclamation point halfway through the season. And perhaps a reminder, even that even the most elite teams in the country Shouldn't get too comfortable at the top. Of course, the Volunteers and Alabama Crimson Tide played a game for the ages. Well over 100 points scored in that particular game. If you remember a couple of weeks ago, we did tell you that consider Alabama's over the totals when they're A, on the road, and B, when they are playing an offense that we can count on to score 20 or more points against the Crimson Tide. And that definitely happened in that particular game last week. Uh, we're also a couple of other undefeateds that are playing their way into the conversation a little bit. Now, Tennessee has jumped up to number three. Clemson is now number five. Ole Miss is number seven. TCU is an undefeated team at number eight. UCLA at number nine. It's a, uh, it's a colorful variety of jerseys that are in the mix. And, of course, the College Football Selection Committee, Mark, they don't release their first uh, uh, rankings until November 1st. They'll have a much better, clearer picture after two months of results. But what I've learned thus far is that the SEC is deeper than just Alabama and Georgia. Uh, the Big Ten is probably still just Ohio State and Michigan. And the Pac-12 kind of started strong, but they could have trouble sustaining it. Yeah, they could, especially if their sole undefeated team gets bumped off this week. That could be the uh, sayonara for the Pac-12 as far as the college football playoff goes. But then we're going to talk about that, like I mentioned before earlier on in the show, with them being part of our college football game of the week on the preview today. Let's go over to the NFL side of things, Victor, here. And let me say this about the NFL side of things. And uh, I'm saying this because basically uh, the first thing I do – uh, on Monday mornings is I get a report from uh, Clutch, Kathy Milstead, uh, the wife of Charles Milstead, who puts all of our publications together. And this one-two tandem, they do just a terrific job. And she stays on top of the stats for me. She sends a report over. And when I'm analyzing NFL stats this week, I've never seen so many teams in the National Football League, Victor, that are rushing the football for five or more yards of carry and allowing five or more yards of carry seven teams rush it for five and six teams are allowing it for more than five what's going on with the running games in the national football league right now victor is it a question i'm going to ask you that the national football league which is all pass airing it out is suddenly making this change because the running game has become attackable you know there are numerous things these days that are contributing to this very very low scoring nfl season it's a uh, perfect storm if you will Last week's 14 games, four games went over in the NFL. Ten games ended up going under the total. The current record now of 36 overs, 57 unders, one tie. It's the best start for under betters. That's 61% since way back in the 1994 season. That's 28 years. Not only that, but the current low average in the NFL of only 43.2 points per game is the lowest uh, average in the NFL since the 2009 season. So we got to go back more than 10 years. And as I mentioned, Mark, it's it's not just one thing. It's a it's a perfect storm. Defenses are ruling. They're playing much more zone coverage these days. Uh, the two high safety coverages are now being used on early downs and not just on third downs. You see that cover two, cover four, and cover six usage rates that are on defense, they've jumped considerably. Passing numbers are down. Mark, when you take a look at the established veteran quarterbacks, 
who are not pulling their weight, who are ranked in the bottom half of the league, it would astound you. We're talking about guys like Tom Brady, Joe Burrow, Kirk Cousins, Kyler Murray, Matt Stafford, uh, Jimmy Jimmy G, Aaron Rodgers, Ryan Tannehill, Russell Wilson. They're all ranked in the bottom half of the league in QBR rating. You just talked about it. This fantastic new emphasis on the rush. Ten teams are averaging 28 or more rushes per game. Only five teams in the league have had more overs than unders this year, while half of the league, that's 16 teams, have a under the total percentage of more than 67% on the season. It's been amazing. It's been a perfect storm. The bottom line is that for every over you play in the NFL these days, you better be betting about two or three unders to compensate. Well, that's a big ratio, the unders to the overs. It wasn't a year or two ago, maybe two years ago. It was almost the flip, the opposite. Right. So that's exactly. where we're at today. The NFL is ever evolving. They're a copycat league. You know, they see one team that meets with success and the other teams will copy that success and they'll copy it uh, just like sheep following right down a road, a path to doing just that. And we're seeing it in the National Football League these days. Uh, before, Victor, I, I, and we're at the time of the year, too, by the way, that uh, the NFL playoff picture is now in effect, if you can believe it. I mean, I know it's an early portion part of the season, but we're also established enough now where we can mention teams that are in the NFL playoff picture. And let me run these by uh, you right now. These are the teams that if the season began this weekend, these seven teams would be in the National Football League playoffs this year. The number one seeds would be Buffalo and Philadelphia. Number two, Kansas City and Minnesota. The Vikings, the upstart Vikings, would be the number two seed in the NFC side of things. The number three seeds would be the Tennessee Titans and still yet the Tampa Bay Bucks, who look like they're floundering, but yet they're the number three seed right now. The number four seeds, how about the Baltimore Ravens, who can't beat themselves right now? along with San Francisco as the number four seed on the other side of the other conference. The number five seeds check in with the L.A. Chargers and the upstart New York Giants. Go New York Giants. Number six would be the New York Jets. They're saying, don't forget about us in New York. The Jets would be the number six seed, along with the Dallas Cowboys. And finally, the number seven seeds running out the playoff picture would be Indianapolis and the L.A. Rams, who are barely hanging on by uh, a thread right now. The Rams are they're really, really devastated with a lot of injuries. So that would be the playoff picture heading into this weekend. And one more thought, Victor, before I turn it over to you with a little bit of a recap of last week uh, from our good friend at Texas Tornado, as he mentions uh, quite frequently on the show about embarrassed football teams. I don't think there's a question this week that the most embarrassed team would have to be the Green Bay Packers coming into the football card this particular weekend. Now, we'd like to make cases for embarrassed football teams, but I'm going to tell you, when I put the Green Bay Packers under the microscope statistically, they just don't shape up. Their defense is horrific. They're laying points on the road. And I don't know if they give a flying F right now. Aaron Rodgers, of this attitude that he's got, uh, I don't know if the players are eating the same mushrooms that he's taking, but this is not the same Green Bay Packer football team that we've seen the past couple of years. So while they're the most embarrassed football team, my answer to that is they should be because they are. And with that, Victor, I'm going to hand it over to you to see. let me know or let us know, if you would, what you saw in the National Football League last week. You know, in terms of embarrassment, half the league could very well be embarrassed. I'm already seeing tweets out there that, uh, hey, let's just get let's just play a 10 week Super Bowl and every week the Bills will be playing the Eagles until we play 10 consecutive games. <laughs> uh, so it's uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, 18 points against the Pittsburgh Steelers. They could very well be one of those embarrassed teams yes. that you were talking about. Uh, the Baltimore Ravens losing to the New York Giants, a game in which they outstanded the Giants by almost 200 yards in that particular game. Guess what? Wink Martindale knows how to defense the Ravens, apparently, I guess, doesn't he? I guess he does. You yeah. can make it definitely a case that uh, that's another embarrassed team there. Uh, the Arizona Cardinals losing by double digits on the road, but they're almost an embarrassed team every week of the season. So you can definitely mention that there are multiple embarrassed teams. How about the fact, Mark, that there's actually three divisions that should be very embarrassed because there's three divisions in the NFL in which no teams are winning teams. No teams are over 500 for the season. And those three divisions are the AFC North, 
in which all four teams are 500 or worse. The NFC South, again, in which all five teams are 500 or worse. And the NFC West, all five teams, 500 or worse. Well, there you go, Victor. When I reviewed that playoff picture, those number four seeds, Baltimore uh, and San Francisco, Baltimore is there by default. Just the fact that they're sitting atop the AFC North with the 500 record, if you will. And Tampa Bay, number three seed, by default, because they're sitting on top of that NFC South, as you mentioned here, with the with their despicable record by standards as well. So, you know, is is this parity we're seeing in the National Football League, or is it just bad football? I don't know. We're going to find out here sooner than later, that's for sure. But I'm going to let our listeners know out there that you're tuned in to Mark Lawrence against the spread, the nation's most popular sports handicapping talk show. And Victor, what do you say? Let's move it over to our college football game of the week. And we've got a beauty on tap this week. We're going to go way out west to the Pac-12 conference where Oregon plays host to UCLA in a football game of two top 10 ranked football teams. In fact, Victor, correct me if I'm wrong. Is this the only or other other Matchups. I know there's about three or four top 25 matchups, but is this the only top 10 matchup game on the card for Saturday? Yes. yes. The answer to yes. your question is definitely yes. And before I get to my opinion in the game, Mark, we got to talk about newsletters. It's newsletter nirvana time, isn't it? Totals yep. tip sheet, midweek alert, playbook newsletter. Look at the headline for that playbook newsletter this week. Best bets, five and one last week. Awesome angle, five and one on the season. Let's not forget, of course, about the midweek alert newsletter. I believe the record now is 10, one and one on the season. Is that right, Mark? Record is 10, one and one on the midweek alert newsletter. That's the newsletter. Victor, I'm so surprised you could hold on to it. Yeah, it's <laughs> <laughs> uh, and the good news about that newsletter, Victor, by the way, there's a upgrade going on right now with the midweek alert newsletter. $149 for the midweek alert. You can get it for $49 from now through the Super Bowl, and that will include the Playbook College Bowl stat report with it. That's a $25 value all into itself. So take advantage of that special offer, $49 for the Red Hot Playbook midweek alert. Just log on at playbooksports.com or give the office a call at 1-800-PLAYBOOK, and we'll put the midweek on your weekly must-read list each and every week. And, of course, the third newsletter being the Totals Tip Sheet newsletter. You see the headline there where we talk about this lowest scoring season in the last 13 years. And, of course, we always, every week, we run that weekly special where you can get all three of each week's newsletters for just $25. Again, that's available at the website. Now, one of only five college football games this week that are pitting top 25 opponents and as you just correctly pegged, the only game in which both teams are ranked in the top 10, and that's UCLA number nine against number 10 Oregon Ducks. The game goes at uh, 3.30 Eastern, nationally televised on Fox Sports TV. And of course, the most important thing from an over-under perspective for me is whenever we cover a game in the northwest portion of the country, the weather report is required reading and we'll get to that in a minute. We got two very good, high-scoring, high-octane offenses in this game. These two teams, UCLA and Oregon, are a combined nine and three to the over this season. UCLA five and one. That's five overs, only one under. Their average line sixty point five, average score sixty four point one, average margin plus 3.6 points per game. Meanwhile, Oregon Ducks, also a good over team, four overs, two unders on the season. Their average line, 62.3. Average combined points, 70.8. And their average margin, plus 8.5 points per game. Now, these numbers seem high, but the over-under line is high as well. It opened at 70.5 points, wow. and that's a lot of points even in a Pac-12 game. With that said, the line has actually come down a full point. As we record the podcast on Wednesday, the current line in the game is down to 69 and a half. It's come down about a point. In regards to the series history between these two, we will note that the last three meetings have all gone over the total. 
But again, only a combined 67.0 points per game. Again, that number is uh, significant considering this week's over-under line is, you know, right around 70 points. Uh, not only that, Mark, but it looks like the ESPN College Game Day crew will be at Outson Stadium in Eugene for this one. And again, it's a sky-high over-under line. With that said, heck, 80 or more combined points, that's definitely reachable given the high caliber of quarterback play in this particular one. Bo Nix from Oregon, number 10 in the country in QBR rating. Dorian Thompson-Robinson of UCLA, number five in the country. So you got two very good top 10 quarterbacks who could very well be dueling against each other. Not to mention the fact that the Ducks are number nine in the country on offense, 512 yards per game and averaging 42 points per game on offense. And UCLA is a number 12 offense, also a 500 offense at 506 yards per game and averaging 41.5. But we got to give credit to the defenses as well, as both teams are allowing a low combined 47.4 points per game, and the fact that both teams have got top 20 rushing defenses. Now, if the OU line in this game was in the low 60s, like it was two weeks ago when we cashed a winner in UCLA's Friday night game against Washington, we would probably pull the trigger on the over. Both, you know, with a line in the high 60s, uh, maybe even low 70s, there's no value. Right now, in fact, I would lean to the under in this particular game. And again, we're going to caution everybody, all podcast listeners, follow the weather report. It looks like it'll be a light windy, uh, not a very windy game there in Autzen. But with that said, we do have anywhere from 75 to 85% chance of rain, and that can slow things down up there in the Pacific Northwest. So for now, Mark, we're going to tell you to follow the weather report later on throughout the week and consider a small play on the under if it looks like a steady rain is in the forecast. Dial up the Weather Channel this week if you're going to watch that Oregon-UCLA football game or if you're going to bet the over-under total. Victor's leaning under right now, just depending largely upon what that weather ends up being when these two football teams knock heads on Saturday. Victor mentioned this game being played at Autzen Stadium. This will be only the sixth time in the history of Autzen Stadium there's been a matchup of two top 10 ranked teams playing in the same football game. So it's saying, it's speaking well for what the Pac-12 has done so far this football season, and especially for what these two teams have done well so far this football season. The Oregon Ducks, how about they've scored more than 40 points in all six of their football games this year? Now, I run that through the database, and I'll tell you something. It's not a good omen for teams that are favored that have done something just like that. And what that basically means is the Grim Reapers calling the law of averages comes back eventually to teams that are on a run like Oregon is when they're piling up 40 or more points in football games over a span of six consecutive games. So keep that in mind if you're looking to back the Oregon Ducks in this football contest here. It could end up bringing them back a little bit closer to the norm, which would also lean a little bit more towards what Victor's looking at in this football game, where the two football teams do have some pretty decent defenses. UCLA comes in. They are one of those nine teams that I talked about at the beginning of the show that has won the yards in every one of their football games so far this year. Chip Kelly's turnaround with the football program has been dramatic this season here. He's going up against his former team at Oregon. It's not the first time. He's done it three times since he's been with UCLA, and he's been taken out all three times. That's triple revenge for Chip Kelly against his former team here who might have had trouble going to bed, sleeping at night, knowing just that. And I think he's going to end up getting over that this particular year. You take a look at this stat here, which is really, really nice. From the database, the well-oiled machine, it reminds us that teams that are 6-0 and in Game 7, they're a dog, and they're taking on an opponent coming off a double-digit win, as is the case in this game. Those dogs are 17-5-1 against the spread, a pretty strong number that supports UCLA's 
side of this football game. As I mentioned here, Chip Kelly, triple revenge against his former team, the Bruins themselves, when they're playing with triple revenge exact and they're taking on an undefeated opponent, they've been there three times. They've won and covered all three football games. Give me UCLA plus the points in this football game for my side in this big Pac-12 showdown game on Saturday. You're tuned in to Mark Lawrence against the spread, the nation's most popular sports handicapping talk show. I'm visiting with our co-host Victor King from King Creole Sports on the show as we do each and every week. And with that, we're going to hop over to our NFL game of the week. And while the NFL card, Victor, this week is not really loaded with what I would call marquee games. And in fact, if you had a movie theater and on the outside of movie theaters, when they would put what's starring this week, there would only be one game that would be starring, and that's this game. Okay, there aren't too many really top quality football matchups in the card this week, but we're going to give it to you. We're going to go right directly to that Kansas City San Francisco football game in a possible preview of a Super Bowl match. We don't know that yet. Between the Chiefs and the 49ers, Victor, how do you see these two teams shaking out on Sunday? You know, Mark, I'm glad that uh, we did choose this game because I did some extensive research for our totals tip sheet newsletter in regards to this particular game. Uh, Kansas City opened up about a one-point road favorite. They're favored by about a field goal as we speak. Uh, the over-under line opened at 47.5. That first initial line move was one point upward. We're right at around 48.5 points as we speak in regards to the over-under line. And I like the under in this game. I got to tell you, the Chiefs, 3-3 three and three over-under on the season. Average Kansas City games combined 54.6 points per game. Heck, that's not surprising. But what is surprising is San Francisco – one of the better under teams of the league this year, one and five over under, only 35.1 combined points per game in San Francisco games this season. And we can confidently go low in this particular game. We saw what Casey did uh, last week when they were held against another great defense to only 20 points scored at home against the Buffalo Bills. Guess what? The host 49ers are the NFC's mirror image of Buffalo when it comes to defense. They're allowing only 255 yards per game on defense. That's number one in the entire league. They're averaging only 14.8 points per game allowed on defense. And you got to think the Niners know that they can't get into any sort of a uh, shootout scenario versus the Chiefs. So you got to look for the Niners to keep the pace of this game as slow as possible. And they've done that in the last couple of seasons. It could very well mean multiple of their patented long-ass offensive drives that we've seen in the last two years that take eight or nine minutes off the clock. The Niners are notorious for these long drives over the last two seasons. We also know that because of that, they have gone 2-12 and 12 in their last 14 games. Two overs, 12 unders, dating back to December of last season. And what's interesting about this game, Mark, is that both teams face quite the line change last week. Like the host 49ers. They were a road favorite last week. This week, they're a home dog. Going into the database, this is a very favorable under situation. In the last six years, there's been only one over, 10 unders. For any home underdog of three or more off a road loss in which they were favored by three or more the previous week, that happened to the Niners last week who lost to Atlanta 28-14. to On the flip side, we got a Kansas City team that's also facing a contrasting line change. They were a home dog against Buffalo last week. They are now a road favorite this week. So here you go again from the database. 2-20 and 20 over under last three years. 0-12 last two years. Any wow. NFL road favorite of less than a touchdown off a game in which they were a home underdog. That applies to the Kansas City Chiefs. And not only that, we got the fact that we're seeing an AFC team Favored on the road against an NFC team. Been a very favorable under situation in the last three seasons. According to the database now, we are at 2-19 and 19 in the last three years. 
for any AFC road favorite against an NFC opponent when the over-under line is less than 54 points. So we've got numerous systems in our database that suggest a low-scoring game. Um, with it, make sure your line is 48.5 or more points. At that line, we'll be going under when the Chiefs invade San Francisco. Wow, those are some knock-your-socks-off stats from Victor supporting the under in this football game. If you didn't catch them all, hit the rewind button. Go back and listen to them. Mark them down. Get your pencil. Some pretty strong stats to support the under in this football game. Let's take a look at the side of the football contest here. The Kansas City Chiefs come off a monster game against the Buffalo Bills last week, albeit a loss. It was still a huge get-up game for the Chiefs. They were as prepared for that football game as any they'll be this year. The question is, will their focus be the same for the 49ers this particular week? I know if they were playing a, a, a lower-run team, they would probably play down to their level, but it's still going to be next to impossible to get up to that Buffalo Bills level for this football game. You also take a look here. The Kansas City Chiefs themselves, when they've been favored off one loss exact, which they are, and taking on an opponent off a loss, which Frisco is, they're just 8-18 eight and 18 to the spread. Kansas City happens to be in this role. And here's another part that I'm going to get to, and this comes from our midweek alert, which I live with once it comes out this time of the year. Uh, I'm playing with the well-oiled machine and my midweek, basically from the time our newsletters are put to bed until we get to the weekend. <laughs> There's that red out midweek. <laughs> uh, but but what, what, what I find here is this, that the Kansas City Chiefs, they're three and three in the stats this year. And this is an Andy Reid trait. Andy Reid's football teams do not blow you away statistically. And I'm talking about winning the yards in the football field here. I can go back in years past and you could take a look at the, even these runs that I think, believe me, I may be wrong or correct me if I'm wrong on this, but the year they made it to the Super Bowl, they actually allowed more yards on the season than they gained that year getting to the Super Bowl. Well, they're doing it again this year, guys. And there are six football games this year. They've only won the yards three times. And in fact, they've been outstanding their last two football games in a row, which to me is the buy sign, the indicator that that's the path they're going to be traveling from now until the end of the football season. They get a little bit sloppy in the stats to the Kansas City Chiefs. Enter the San Francisco 49ers. Kyle Shanahan comes in here, outstanding as a dog when his team has a 333 or better record. He's 14 and six to the spread in his career. And this is, I think, the beauty of what this matchup is all about. Victor and I hit on the fact about all these teams and running the football this year. Victor hit on the fact that no team in the National Football League grinds you out and pounds you out like the San Francisco 49ers does when it comes to running the football down your throat. Right now, this year, San Francisco is ranked number two in the league in rush attempts per game. Kansas City ranks number 27 in the league in rush attempts per game. The 49er defense, number one in the National Football League this year. They've held three opponents to season low yard marks. That's pretty strong. And they rank over 100 yards a game better than does Kansas City's number 20 ranked defense overall. I like the uniqueness of this football game. As Victor mentioned earlier, a complete double role reversal for these two football teams. San Francisco a home dog after being a road favorite last week. Kansas City a road chalk after being a home dog last week. You put it all together, you put me down for San Francisco for my side in this football showdown game on Sunday. You're tuned in to Mark Lawrence against the spread, the nation's most popular sports handicapping talk show, along with our co-host Victor King. And what do you say, Victor? Let's hop out to Vegas now and check out the Vegas vibe from our good friend Andy Isco, joining us from Las Vegas for an update of what's going on in Vegas these days. Andy, I hope everything's going well for you. And as Victor and I talked about at the beginning of the show, a lot going on in the world of sports today. Indeed, Mark. Yes. In fact, uh, as we're uh, preparing this uh, podcast, we're about to see game one of the uh, national uh, of the uh, second game, two of the National League Championship Series between the Phillies and the Padres later tonight. Uh, we'll see the Yankees and Astros in their opening game. We've got the NBA with a, a solid schedule tonight after Tuesday's opening night. And the NHL, of course, has been underway for a few weeks. So uh, for the next few weeks, we're going to have all four sports, actually six, well, five sports, if you include college football. And uh, as baseball ends, college basketball is about to begin. So this is a very intense, yet very enjoyable and uh, an interesting handicap, handicapping, challenging time of the year. I'm ready for it. 
Andy Isco joining us from TheLogicalApproach.com in Las Vegas. Andy publishes one of the finest football newsletters on the market. We talk about statistics, and Andy Isco, AI, is very, very friendly when it comes to statistics in the National Football League and college football as well. Andy, let's take a quick look, if we will. I know I mentioned to our listeners out there that you're going to be briefing us on some of the upcoming lines, some advanced lines, what we used to do before in the past about the National Football League. But before we go there, let's take a quick look at what's going on in the contest in Las Vegas. Take it away, if you will. Sure. I'll, I'll start with the uh, Golden Nugget contest, be very brief, and just comment that the leaders in the contest, they make uh, – seven picks a week so through six weeks they've made 42 picks uh, the uh, you get a point for a win half point for a push the leader one contestant has 29 points out of a possible 42 that's 69.0 uh, percent and that leads the way in that contest the top 20 cashed over 128 entries in this uh, contest uh, this season Looking at the two major contests the Westgate super contest uh, prior to uh, last week, uh, this past week, uh, the c consensus of the top five plays were 17 and eight for 68 percent. This past week, the consensus top plays went three and two. The number one team, the Bengals, the most popular choice. They were a winner overall. That three and two increases the six week results. The first 30 picks in this 90 pick contest that extends over the 18 weeks of the NFL regular season, 20 and 10 for 66.7 percent. That's uh, two out of three. There is is a solo leader at 24, five and one. Uh, that's a total of 24 and a half out of a possible 30 points, 81.7%. Pretty good from a contest that has 1,598 entries. The Super Contest Gold is the $5,000 entry fee winner take all that attracted 80 contestants this year. There is a solo leader hitting at 78.3%, 23, six and one through the first 30 picks. The formats for those contests are the same. The same lines are used. You pick uh, five out of the uh, games against a static point spread that comes out about 5 p.m. Pacific time on Wednesday afternoons. Looking now at the Circa Million, which is now the granddaddy of the contest, almost 4,700 entries this year, five picks a week against the point spread, also static that comes out Thursday mornings around 10 a.m. Pacific. Through last week, through week five, the consensus, a very solid 16, 8, and 1 for 66%. The consensus this week, the Bengals also the top pick. Interestingly, they were the top pick by a huge margin, over 1,800 contestants, or more than 600 more than the second most popular pick. 1,800 contestants plus on the Bills, on the Bengals rather, Bills were number two. That was a winning selection, but overall the consensus just two and three this past week in the Circa Millions, and the results through six weeks now, 18, 11, and one for the top five picks if you played on them, 61.7%, pretty solid uh, for uh, the first third of the uh, season. One leader in the in the uh, Circa Millions hitting at 25 of a possible 30 points, that's 83.3%. Uh, that number will go down expected over the course of the season, and we imagine that the winning uh, contestant in the Circa Millions and probably Westgate as well should have somewhere between 69 and 72 percent depending upon how the balance of the season unfolds. Now in the most popular contest in Las Vegas, the Circa Survivor, 6,133 entries, $1,000 per entry, and you pick one team a week just to win the game straight up if you're correct. Uh, and advance, you remain alive. If your team loses or ties, you are eliminated, and you can only use a team once over the course of the season. Uh, last week, uh, entering last week, 718 contestants out of the 61-33 remained. That's just 11.7% of the starting field. And there were several key eliminations last week. 275 of the 718 were eliminated uh, with a pick on the Rams. Green Bay also eliminated over 100, and 100 uh, contestants as they lost to the Jets, 102. Overall of the 718, 382 advanced, 336 uh, were eliminated. So basically roughly half the field of the remaining field was uh, eliminated last week. Just 382 contestants remain. That's 6.2% of the field. And just to put that into context, last year in the 2021 Survivor Contest, there are only 4,000 entries, so about two-thirds of what we have this year. 2,224 of those 
thousand entrants were still alive at this point last year through six weeks. That's a little bit over 54%. 54% last year, 6.2% this year. A huge reflection on just what a wild and unusual start to this season has been. And I say start, it's six weeks old already, and we still have, and they show this graphic every week, the number of close games decided by three points or less or one possession games. That has a lot to do with these upsets. Well, the axe has fallen in the Survivor Contest at the Circa, as Andy highlighted here. My goodness, the differential between last year and this year is absolutely staggering. It is really, really substantial. And for our listeners out there, or our viewers, I should say, who are viewing this podcast on our video cast, we hope you enjoyed the rundown that Andy gave. There's a, a listing that runs through the screen as Andy's doing his updates from uh, the contest in Vegas of all the key stats and the players in the win-loss record. So we hope you enjoy that on the video cast portion of Mark Lawrence against the spread. And with that, Andy, let's talk a little bit about what's coming up in the National Football League with our advanced lines in the NFL. And if you would, if you maybe weigh those against perhaps what was out there in the summer, what was out there early enough to bet last week, let our listeners know exactly what we're talking about with our advanced lines in the NFL. Well, this year, uh, and I think they may have done it last year as well, the Westgate here in Vegas, one of the major sports books, put out lines on all 18 weeks of the NFL season that were available to be live bet over the course of the summer. They came down just before the start of the season, but you could have bet week week 18 on Labor Day if you had so chosen to at a uh, at a line. Uh, so I'm going to present those lines uh, for the for games where we've had some significant uh, deviations. And then what the Westgate has done this for five or six years now, the Tuesday before, the week before the upcoming week's game. So in other words, right after week five, two days after week five ended, uh, or the day after week five ended this year, the lines for week six had already been posted, but the Westgate put out lines for this coming week, which is week seven. So these are what we call about roughly eight to 10 day advanced lines that uh, reflect through the first five weeks, for example, but they don't have any results in from week six. So they adjust the lines from the summer. These are now what I consider the uh, the opening lines. Actually, I consider the Sunday because they're still lower limits. And then we see what they opened after the week six games have been played. Uh, they open them on Sunday afternoon. So, for example, uh, the first game uh, on the board on Sunday, the Dallas Cowboys are hosting the Detroit Lions. Now, over the summer, you could bet the game Dallas minus seven and a half, Detroit plus seven and a half over the key number of seven. Now, when the lines were posted following week five, the 10 day advance lines, the Cowboys went over back under that number, rather the over uh, the number seven disappeared six and a half after Sunday's games this past Sunday, uh, when Dallas was playing Philadelphia on Monday night and Detroit uh, had the bye week, Dallas came up and remains a seven-point favorite. So you're looking at these lines basically from roughly three-and-a-half perspectives. Summer, uh, you know, well, well before the season started, well before training camp started, then 10 days in advance, after the preceding week's games, and then any movement that took place since then. So I'll take a look at a couple. For example, the Cincinnati Bengals host Atlanta this week. Over the summer, the Bengals were nine-point home favorites. The advance line after the first five weeks had been played, Cincinnati was down to a six-and-a-half-point favorite. After Sunday's games, they reopened as a six-and-a-half-point favorite and and now down to a six-point favorite. And where this comes in to be useful is, and and the uh, viewers and listeners may want to save this part of the podcast to refer back in future weeks because I won't, won't be going through this detail, is that before we knew anything, the Bengals were thought to be a nine-point favorite. Now we have five weeks of information, so they repost the line. Cincinnati and the performance of their opponent, the Falcons, to date through five weeks, caused it to be six and a half. And then you add one more week of data, this most recent week, they open the lines up again, and then we see what they do before they get to the closing line. So other lines of note or interest, Green Bay, and this really surprised me where this line was over the summer. They are at Washington. That line over the summer, remember, Packers were a dominant team last year, multiple playoff appearances, and Washington was very weak. Yet Green Bay, and maybe the lines makers knew something, Green Bay was just a four-point road favorite before any games were played this season. When this game opened after week five, we saw how the Packers had been struggling. In fact, this was just two days after they had lost in London to the Giants. They were installed as five-and-a-half-point favorites. 
when the lines came out this past Sunday night after week six, they had actually gone down to four and a half point favorites and have been back up to five. So that's a significant uh, adjustment. Uh, one of the bigger adjustments, and it's worth noting, Denver was a seven and a half point summertime favorite over the New York Jets. Now we saw the Jets get off to a strong start. We saw Denver struggle. So right after week five, Denver was opened as a three and a half point home favorite. That's a huge adjustment from the summer, but it reflects the contrasting play of the Jets and the Broncos through five weeks. After week six, the Broncos were three point home favorites down a half point. Now, this was before the Monday night game, which caused the Russell Wilson injury. That has resulted, since that line was posted on Sunday night, it came off on Monday, reposted Tuesday morning as a pick'em, and Denver's back up to a one-point favorite. But the thing is, the 10-day line, three-and-a-half point adjust, uh, three and a, three, excuse me, four-point adjustment for seven and three-and-a-half, did not consider Wilson, uh, Wilson's injury from Monday night. So that was a huge move based solely at least in my belief, on the performance of the Jets and Broncos through the first five weeks of the season. Raiders, another game worth noting, uh, both they and this week's opponent, Houston, had buys last week. Raiders in the summertime were eight-and-a-half-point home favorites. They were expected to be a uh, a playoff contender. When that line opened uh, 10 days ago, right right after week five, but before the bye week, Raiders were six-and-a-half-point home favorites. Then they reopened it again on on Sunday night, seven-point favorites. Uh, The other one that might be worth noting is the game that, uh, Mark, you and Victor talked about, San Francisco and the Kansas City Chiefs. Over the summer, this game was understandably a pick'em, okay, even with San Francisco at home. The line after week five, the Chiefs were one-and-a-half-point road favorites following the loss by both teams, Kansas City at home to Buffalo, San Francisco on the road at Atlanta. That line was bumped up to two-and-a-half where it remains, although I will point out that for a short while, I believe on Monday morning, the game was actually Kansas City three for a little bit. It settled in pretty much to two and a half, uh, at least around Vegas and some key offshore uh, places. So those are some of the key line moves uh, from the summertime to the uh, uh, to to the present. Again, summertime lines reflect what we thought was going to happen before any games had been played, before any players were injured, uh, even in training camp in many cases. Um, the 10-day advance line has all but one week of information factored in. The reopened line after the most recent week factors in that one week, and then any movement that's occurred in the three or four days prior to our podcast is further reflected. And I think the users can use this as a guide to see, did the Westgate make too much of an adjustment based upon what they thought before the season and what they thought before the 10 10 line was? Or maybe they made an, uh, too much of an adjustment based upon what the line was after week five, that opening advance line uh, after five weeks, and the adjustment after the most recent game. You always hear the uh, the adage, don't overreact to what you saw. Well, maybe in the minds of some of the uh, folks out there, the viewers and, and listeners, maybe they feel that the, there was an over-adjustment in the line. And in fact, I'll just point out one thing about the game that you talked about the San Francisco-Kansas City game. That two-and-a-half-point line seems surprising. The reason being, if you consider this line, if you use three points as a standard home, that might be a little bit uh, advantage uh, too high. Maybe it's more like two points, but let's go with the three points. They're basically saying Kansas City two and a half on the road at San Francisco. That would make them five and a half, taking away San Francisco's home advantage on a neutral site, and that would make Kansas City eight and a half, taking into account the three-point home field advantage in this game we're in Kansas City. That seems like an awfully large number for Kansas City to be laying to San Francisco at home. So that just may be another thing to consider. And if you like if you like Kansas City in this game, maybe you think that line is not out of whack. If you like San Francisco, like you mentioned, Mark, uh, and I'll get to more on that game in a moment, um, perhaps you think that uh, that is a bit of an overreaction and that maybe, maybe that pick-em line over the summer was more adequate and maybe it's only pick them because knowing what we knew at the time, Mahomes clearly the better quarterback than either Jimmy Garoppolo or Trey Lance, who was expected to be the starter, even at San Francisco, that maybe that two, two and a half point was factored in in that road number. Well, the one thing I enjoy doing a lot, Andy, this time of the year is in our Playbook Football Preview Guide magazine, we posted those preseason numbers those expected numbers from the Westgate on every NFL football team schedule. And now this time of the year, when I look at the schedule, the first thing I'll do is I'll look at the lines that were posted 
and look at the mines that were there and see what sort of adjustment was made and what try and figure out then what the thinking and the odds maker was for those adjustments. So I really enjoy this portion, this segment of the segment uh, of the visit with Andy here because we're going to be doing this each and every week talking about those particular line movements and they're critical, they're key from this point moving forward here as, we, as we're getting closer and closer to the second half of the football season. We're visiting with Andy Yesko from TheLogicalApproach.com in Las Vegas. We're getting a vibe of what's going on in Vegas these days. And Andy, I know there's some listeners out there that might say, heck with the vibe. I want to know what Andy Yesko likes this week. Andy Yesko was on the Atlanta Falcons last week. He's had a real nice run thus far this football season. And with that, we're going to bring that segment of the, that portion of the segment uh, to the surface here now. And I'm going to ask you, Andy, what it is you like on the NFL card this week. Just, just one more comment about the sure. vibe. And that is the one factor that we can somewhat consider that the lines makers put in as they adjust these advanced lines to the current lines. And that is they can gauge the popularity of which teams are likely to be bet. And they may factor in half a point to a point and a half penalty, knowing what sides and where I, why I mentioned that is the teams that are popular prior to the start of the season are not necessarily the teams that are popular six, seven, eight weeks into the season. So there may be some shift there that you should possibly consider as well when you're trying to gauge why these lines are moving the way that they have. And we'll now, see, what, what, Andy, before you get to that, I'm just going to jump in here and say we'll see exactly in that same vein about what happens with Philadelphia moving forward because Philadelphia right now is winning and covering and they're very, very popular with the public. So we'll keep an eye on the Eagles as you move forward with that same train of thought. Well, right along that line, the Atlanta Falcons are 6-0 and against the point spread this exactly. year. And at some point, it's going to catch up to them. It'll be interesting to see. Is Cincinnati maybe a little too short of a favorite this week, laying six instead of seven or eight? Or is Atlanta, which they've done all season, been very competitive, will they get that seventh straight point spread uh, cover? That'll be an interesting game to watch because I think it could be one of the more entertaining games of this weekend. But I'm going to go back to... Actually, the game that you and Victor were talking about, and I'm also going to be on the San Francisco 49ers uh, this week. Uh, as uh, as I opined last week, the 49ers may have just slightly been looking ahead to this week as they knew there was going to be a rematch of Super Bowl 54 against Kansas City on, on deck. And you could see it. They did open up down 14 nothing, but rallied for 14-14 tie in Atlanta. But Atlanta then scored the final 14 points of the game. And so the 49ers fell as I thought they, they would. The, the Chiefs, and I think you pointed this out, Mark, as well, they were probably not as much looking ahead because they had that very important game last week against uh, against Buffalo. It was a back-and-forth game and actually uh, decided in the final minute of play as Buffalo uh, came back to uh, win the game 24-20. Um, as, as I mentioned, the, the revenge game this week, San Francisco had a 20-10 fourth-quarter lead against Kansas City in Super Bowl 54. The Chiefs scored 21 fourth-quarter points to win 31 to 20. And although this game, uh, if uh, the 49ers win, it wouldn't be sweet revenge. It would just give them confidence that they can play a full 60 minutes against a team that if this is the Super Bowl matchup, that might very well see. It's one of the two AFC powerhouses along with Buffalo are the Chiefs. Um, San Francisco has a substantially uh, elite defense. Uh, that ranks number one in yards per play allowed, 4.2, uh, whereas the Chiefs are number 16, which is middle of the pack, but still 5.4. That's a difference of 1.2 yards, which is significant. And although the Chiefs are considered to have the better passing game by most metrics, it may come as a surprise to many that on a yards per play or on, sorry, on a yards per pass completion, I don't care about yards per play because uh, or, or yards per attempt because an attempt ends up with zero yards. I want to know when they complete passes, what's the average length of their completion? Well, the 49ers actually have the edge, 12.4 yards per completion to 11.5 for the Chiefs, and also on defense, allowing just 9.5 yards per completion uh, to 10.2 uh, uh, allowed by Kansas City. And this could ultimately result in a game in which uh, Tyreek Hill, the wide receiver traded from Kansas City to Miami, may make a difference in this contest. Uh, I mentioned before why the line is puzzling. Uh, the line does seem, I, I felt the line for this game would be pick em, or should be pick because I think either team could win this game. If you're playing the Chiefs, I'm sorry, if you're playing the 49ers, See if you can buy it up to three from two and a half. You may want to wait and see if you'll need to. Maybe the money will come back in on Kansas City where it was earlier in the week. That being said, I still like San Francisco to win this game, and uh, I'll have part of my play on the money line as well. 
Andy Isco on the San Francisco 49ers for his complimentary play. Oh, by, by the way, I wanted to mention one thing, which is also important. We're asking, Can by being on San Francisco to win the game, we're asking Kansas City to lose back-to-back -back games. It'll be interesting in the uh, four years since Patrick Mahomes has been the full-time starter. In fact, he started 68 of 71 games uh, since uh, uh, taking over as full-time quarterback 2018. In three of the four seasons, the Chiefs have lost back-to-back -back games at least once during the regular season. That's good to know. That's good to know. There's a precedent that's been set, and that's what we like hearing when we're talking about beating Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> there aren't very many. Not many, no, but we'll take the one that's there, okay? <laughs> Thanks, Andy. A great job, as always, on the show this week. We are visiting with Andy Esco from TheLogicalApproach.com. Andy, I'm going to wish you nothing but the best of success this week, and we'll look forward to catching up to you next week here on Mark Lawrence Against the Spread. As I wish the same to you and Victor and to all our listeners and now viewers of the uh, well, a video cast, I guess. Okay. Have a great week, everybody. Thank you, Andy. That was Andy Isco from TheLogicalApproach.com in Las Vegas. And as we round the corner and head to our final segment of the show, before we do that, I'll share with you my awesome angle of the week. We've got a complimentary play on tap coming up with you from my good friend Jim Feist from Las Vegas. Jim is going to give you an opinion play on the big football showdown between Syracuse and Clemson. Jim, take it away, if you will. Thanks, Mark. This week, I'm looking for a possible upset. Nah, not really, I, but I think the number is way too high. Clemson looks to be a 13.5 or 14-point favorite in this game, and that's probably where it'll settle. I like Syracuse plus the points. Three of the last five times they've played, it's been rather close, two, two, and four points in those three games. Syracuse is undefeated, 6-0, Clemson, 7-0, two undefeated teams. Something's got to give. Syracuse coming to fight here. This is going to be a tough game for Clemson to bury Syracuse. Look for about a seven-point victory for Clemson. And there is always the possibility of a total upset. Thanks, guys. Welcome back, everybody. This is Mark Lawrence. And we're going against the spread on this week's College and Pro Football card. And it's time for our awesome angle of the week this week. And with our awesome angle of the week, we're going to dip into the well-oiled machine, move on to the National Football League side of things with an angle that we call dogging it up. And no Victor and the Canines will be all ears <laughs> listening for this particular awesome angle. And our dogging it up segment of the National Football League card this week, we're going to play on any single-digit NFL road dog that's coming off three straight-up underdog wins in a row. Dog winner, dog winner, dog winner, dogging it up again. That team this particular week will be the New York Jets taking points. And the teams in this particular role, going back to 2000, have gone 14-4 and four against the spread. That's a 78% winning angle. So we'll be dogging it up with our awesome angle play on the New York Jets this particular week. And with that, it's time to hand it over to Victor King from King Creole Sports to find out what Victor's got on tap this week. And, Victor, if you would, let us know all about what's going on in the Playbook Totals tip sheet as well. Sure can, Mark. Let's not forget the newsletters again. We've got the Hot Playbook newsletter. Having a great season, 5-1 and one last week in Best Bets. Midweek Alert newsletter, 10-1-1. One one. Playbook Totals tip sheet newsletter if you're into NFL over-unders. Again, you can get all three of each week's newsletters for just $25 if you make your way to the website. Now, uh, last Sunday we had our four-star over of the week. It was a winner in the Cleveland Browns-New England Patriots game. We've already got up a new one for this week's uh, Game 7 action. It's already available at the PlaybookSports.com website, our four-star over of the week. And again, you can get it at playbooksports.com. We'll see if we can bring home another over the total winner. And that was tough to do to last week because only four out of 14 games ended up going over the total, if you remember. So uh, we may just have that one over the total, but it should be a good one. And it's backed up by plenty of ammunition from our uh, over-under database as well. And, you know, Mark, before I get into today's free play, we have to offer our congratulations to the best team in the NFL. I'm not talking about the Buffalo Bills. I'm not talking about the 5-1 and one Minnesota Vikings. I'm not talking about the undefeated Philadelphia Eagles. I'm not even talking about the Kansas City Chiefs. 
It's the team that Andy just alluded to. The Atlanta Falcons are the best team in the NFL. It's proven. They've won the point spread in every single game this year. 6-0 ATS for the Atlanta Falcons. Congratulations. That team playing well, uh, regardless of the situation, regardless of the site, the Atlanta Falcons. And during Andy's segment, Mark, let me get in here real quick. I ran a really quick database query. I went into our database here, and I queried game seven teams in the NFL who have covered the point spread in every single game. Now, this is not our free play. I'm just throwing it out there. It's something we dug up out of the database. And according to the records here of what I see, non-division teams in game seven who have won the point spread in every single game have gone three and 18 ATS. That applies to Atlanta this week. The bubble could very well burst. I'm not saying which way to go in this particular game. And again, this is not a free play, but NFL game seven non-division teams on a perfect 6-0 ATS winning streak have gone 3-18 and 18 ATS in the history of our database. So again, that's just out of the database. For our free play this week, Mark, we're going to get one of Mark's uh, clothespins out and it kind of attach it to our <laughs> nose as we go under the total in one of the late afternoon games this particular week. And we talk about these kind of clothespin games. Uh, last week, extensively, we covered the fact that you know, it's not a beauty contest. Sometimes you close your nose, you make the play, you win money. And in this particular game, we're going under the total in the Jets-Broncos game, the game that uh, Mark was just alluding to, the New York Jet team that is off three consecutive underdog wins in a row. And I'm not surprised that almost everybody's betting the under in this game. It opened at 42, and the last time I looked, the line was down to a low 38 points. Now, we already know Denver is a fantastic under team. In fact, this is something that I just wrote in this week's The Total's Tip Sheet newsletter. Denver games have gone under the total this year by an average of minus 12.7 points per game. That's almost two full touchdowns for Denver Broncos. That's amazing. And I can't say enough about the improvement of the New York Jets defense in 2022. They were a bad defense last year, the New York Jets. They allowed 29 points per game. They allowed almost 400 yards per game. They've improved by 90 yards on defense this season. They've improved by nine points per game on defense, allowing only 21.3 points per game. And again, Mark, you mentioned that big uh, three underdog win streak in a row for New York. And that's another thing that I queried during Andy's segment in our database. In the last seven seasons, NFL teams off three straight underdog wins have gone one over and 11 unders. Uh, we also have the fact that uh, Denver is the best home, one of the best home under teams in the NFL. They've gone one and 12 over under at home in the last three seasons against non-division opponents when the over-under line is less than 48 points. It's also been a low-scoring series between these two teams, and that's the clincher. In the last eight meetings played in the Mile High City between these two teams, there's been only one over. There's been seven unders, including each of the last three games, with an average combined point total of only 26.3. So when I see a 26.3, then a number of 38 doesn't look that bad, and that's the way we're going this week. Mark, put on the clothespin, put it on, play the Jets-Broncos under the total for your free play. Don't watch it on TV. If you are looking for a shootout, though, we highly recommend our four-star over of the week. That's already up at the playbook.com website. And I know that somebody's got a big game going in college football this week. I do, Victor. And just before I get to that game, though, I want to throw a little bit more dressing on your under total play in the Jets-Broncos game. And this comes from inside the write-up of that game in our football newsletter. And I think it's one of the best lines that we've written so far this season. And basically what it amounts to is after watching Denver play their football game the last game and lose the contest again, 
a television sports station in Denver after the game put a graphic up on the screen and said that a person has a better chance of passing a kidney stone than Denver does of passing the football <laughs> success. <laughs> so we'll put the kidney stone factor into that under as well <laughs> for your complimentary play and see if that doesn't work as well. You mentioned the weekend I've got going on this weekend, Victor. Yes, I do. It's our college football perfect system play of the year, and it goes this Saturday. My perfect system is just that. They're awesome systems that come from our database that have never lost to the spread. It's our once-a-year college football perfect system play of the year. You can get it part of a $99 football weekend of winners. It's included or part of our five-star October Ram for the next two weeks, all of our football plays for just $149 to save 50 bucks by doing just that. We've gone 16 and six the last three weeks on our football service here. You might want to hop on board, or last four weeks, I should say. You might want to hop on board and take advantage of this perfect system game of the year weekend of winners. And just a quick note here also, our friends at mybookie.ag are offering all listeners of the podcast and the video cast a double your first deposit promo. All you need to do is log on at mybookie.ag, enter the promo code playbook to take advantage of your double first deposit bonus at mybookie.ag. With that, let's get to my complimentary play on the football card this week. And for those of you who have been following us, as you know, last week we used uh, we faded Purdue and used Nebraska plus the points. And we cashed the ticket the week before. We played Purdue plus the points against Minnesota. And the week before that, we played Purdue plus the points against Maryland. So we've been on a nice little Purdue run here of late. So our complimentary play this week, we're hopping off the Purdue bandwagon here. We're not going to extend that run here this week because uh, the fact of the matter is I don't really like the football game. What I'm going to do instead is go to a live dog I see happening in the Mountain West Conference when Utah State takes on Wyoming in a football game. These are the Aggies from Utah State that last year won the Mountain West Conference, and they won it under first-year head coach Blake Anderson, who's done a terrific job with this football program. Now, the Aggies got off to a slow start this year. They were 1-4 and four to begin the football season, sort of semi-expected because they are the targeted team inside the conference. They started out slow, but they now won two football games in a row, so they're sitting now at 3-4, and four, just one game back atop the Mountain Division inside the Mountain West Conference. If you take a look at Blake Anderson and his career, when his football team is sitting at 500 or less and he's coming off a win, he's been there 14 times. He's gone 12-2 and two straight up and 11-2-1 and one to the number here. The Aggies have the better offense and they have the better defense. And you know the saying, better offense, better defense, better take the points. And we'll do just that with Utah State and the Aggies for my complimentary play on the football card. Before I sign off here, just a quick note. For all of our playbook videos, complimentary plays from the cast of playbook experts, Victor King, myself, and everybody inclusive, log on at pb.buzz forward slash video, pb.buzz forward slash video for all the complimentary plays on the Playbook Sports website. So until next week, I want to thank our co-host Victor King from King Creole Sports, our good friend Andy Isco from Las Vegas joining us from Las Vegas as he does each and every week. And until next week, once again, I want to remind you to always remember to bet with your head, not over it, and good luck as always.